0: right, so we're on to the third session. Uh, Remember the first week we saw how the things that God has been saying to us all tie together, preparing us for this adventure. And then we defined what we're talking about with adventure, an unusual, daring, risky, exciting experience. And uh, we're already hearing some of that. uh, And I'm sure there are others that have got things to... Share with us, and we look forward to that. We looked at Caleb. you remember Caleb visited us um, and made quite an impression and Then you signed the contract you say i 'm up for this this is, this is what I want. Count me in last week. we talked about the importance of timing. Do you remember the the fantastic drawing that I did? Do you remember the fantastic drawing that I did? Oh, good, yeah. Uh, a little bit of encouragement, you know what I mean? You've got to remember you're talking to somebody that's damaged in the artistic realm. You know? I, in an art lesson at school, I drew something, rubbed it out and drew something else. I was summoned to the staff room and accused by the art master of drawing a dirty picture. I have to assure you, at that stage, I wouldn't even have known what a dirty picture was. But it, it, it kind of, it sort of ruined that artistic side in me. So it was a great adventure to draw a wave for you last week. And I appreciate your encouragement from three of you anyway. Okay, so not missing God's timing. And the importance of right relationship that that helps us that The closeness of that, as we looked at the story of Esther and the importance of what comes by that connection, forgetting those things uh, which are behind her background and all the things that would work against her really operating in God's timing there. And then, of course, the kingdom taken by force, the way she got into action, and the vital necessity of maintaining unity. And then we finished up by saying, hey, why not ask for a sample? What we've been hearing today, just from a few of you, is some of the samples that you asked for and, uh, and are asking for and uh, looking to God for that nudge. Now we've got a little film clip that I want you to look at. Um, but I don't want you to feel that we are encouraging or particularly um, demonstrating this is what you need to rush out and do. Mm, Well, let me explain it a bit more when you've seen it. So we're going to look at the um, story this week of Epaphroditus. We can have the lights back on, please. We'll look at what Epaphroditus, Epaphroditus teaches us about risk we define risk, how to do risk, the obstacles to risk, and the response. Key to that, did you get it? We're gonna talk about risk. Ah. Right, we got the film. A high roller. 9,104. I counted it twice. I like your style. Well, Joe told me to count it twice more bets please ladies and gentlemen get your bets down get your bets down so do i just throw it and get a seven that would be very good sir.
1: feeling lucky
0: i'm guided by a force much greater than luck
1: seven a
0: winner oh, oh, baby you are sex right. i know
1: same lucky shooter get your bets down please ladies and gentlemen hot
0: shooter on the line you know what let it ride Oh. A dice coming out. That's an $18,000 bet. You sure you know what you're doing, kid? I know this, that if I win this role, I will save the place that I work from being sold and the jobs of my friends that work there,
1: thus striking a blow at all that is evil and making this world a better place to live in.
0: Huh? What? And I'll buy you guys a drink. Hey! No more bets, please, ladies and gentlemen. Get your bets down. Joe... This one's for you. Oh. Two reps
1: oh. in a You know something? He used to be cute. Oh. He used to have 9,000 bucks. I wonder if I'll be held responsible for this.
0: Now, I don't want you to think that, oh, This is a promotion of going to the gambling table. All right, I want you to get the point. What was the point? Risk, Risk, yes, and lost. Yeah, it's part of risk. The very key thing. The story of Epaphroditus. All right, let's maybe hear a little bit more to help us grasp something of this.
1: The prize, ladies and gentlemen. Keep your eyes on the prize. Welcome back. Can we all hear from you after three? Let's all say, Keep your eyes on the prize. One, two, three. Keep your eyes on the prize. That wasn't quite loud enough. Come on, we can do better, can't we? Ready, steady. Keep your eyes on the prize. That's super. So we've seen quite a few contestants on Keep Your Eyes on the Prize, and they haven't really succeeded in getting this far. But we have with us Duncan and Robert. Give it up for Duncan and Robert. Just before we close for the advert break, you remember that Duncan and Robert were against Tisha and Fiona and Tisha and Fiona had to go away. We had to say bye-bye because they weren't able to keep their eyes on the prize. Now, just to remember, the prize is here. Everybody say, ooh, <laughs> louder, louder, come on! <laughs> I will only give them a very brief glimpse of the prize. That was enough, enough, ladies and gentlemen, for them to be convinced that this prize is worth. Well, it's no coincidence that we call the final round of this game. Remember, it's called keep your eyes on the prize. You're getting a little lazy on me. Now, keep your eyes on the prize. The final round is called what will you give? What will you give? Ooh. Let's hear an ooh. ooh. What will you give, ladies and gentlemen? There's a lot at stake. But when you think this is the prize, it's worth everything that you might be able to give. Now, we're going to roll a wheel. You have to imagine the wheel. Budget doesn't stretch that far. <laughs> <laughs> Do cheeky. Right. What will you give when you keep your... What will you give? Well, the first roll is give your pudding to someone else. Definitely. Yep, I'll give it to someone else. Duncan, you do that? I will, I will. It's definitely worth it. Definitely worth it. What about you, Robert? That's a hard one. I like my puddings. Oh, go on. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Great super. Roll again, please, Sharina. Doesn't she look lovely in a sequence? Right. The second one is Would you buy someone else a holiday? <laughs> Duncan, would you buy someone else a holiday for the sake of the prize? Remember. Keep your eyes on the prize. I'd like to go on holiday myself. Right? Where, where's this holiday to? The Bahamas. How long? Three weeks. Three weeks. Oh, gosh. Virgin Air. Uh, I can't do it. I really... Oh, Oh, Duncan. Ooh. The prize is awaiting. Look at the prize. Remember what you saw? Yes. Better be downgraded to a camping holiday. That doesn't sell it for me, I'm afraid. Can't do it. Duncan, Duncan, ooh! What about you, Robert? Can you do it? Yes, go on, go for it. You can buy someone else a virgin holiday for three weeks to the Bahamas, and you're going to have to sit down, Duncan. Thank you, everyone. Big, ha- big hand for Duncan. He did well. We're down to the last man standing. Mister, Mister Robert, can he give everything? Yes he can if he, he on the prize. Super, that's wonderful. You are you are so good. Right. <clears throat> Spin the wheel, Sheena. Oh, ho, well that's a turn up for the books. Your house and your family. Can you give your house and your family if you keep your eyes on the prize? He's got to think about this now. Let's start the clock. Come on, cheer him on! Cheer him on! He's struggling. He's struggling. Your wife, your
0: house—it's a hard one. It's a hard one. Is it it done? It's a hard one. Um, My wife just makes great flapjacks.
1: (laughs) Your house and your wife—it's a big, it's a big ask. But the
0: children—they're very bright.
1: How can we encourage him, ladies and gentlemen? Keep your eyes on the prize. It's the lot for the sake of the prize. You're going to do it. Whoa, magnificent, Robert. This is it. This is the big one. There's only one thing. There's one more thing left on the wheel. Robert, are you prepared... To sacrifice your life for the prize everything your house your car your wife your children you've given a holiday away you've given away your dessert <laughs> your life everything are you prepared to give away your career oh, I'm so looking forward to that. come on let's cheer him on ladies and gentlemen keep on keep on ooh keep your eyes on the prize well that's all we've got time for ladies and gentlemen robert has to consider his entire life for the sake of the prize you've been a wonderful audience tune back next week to see whether he gives his life for the
0: prize attention Let's look at Epaphroditus, remembering what we've heard, remember what we've seen. Epaphroditus. Let's just read the story. Yeah, I suppose it's necessary, this is Paul writing to the Philippians. I suppose it's necessary to send to you Epaphroditus, my brother. Hmm. My brother. see, there's something key in this that I want us to just pick up, and companion in labor, and fellow soldier, but your messenger, and he that ministered to my wants. You see, risk is motivated by the love for God, love for each other, and love for the message keeping in front of us the purpose that God has set before us but our hearts being motivated by the love for God, love for each other and love of the message we see here my brother a real relationship you risk something for someone that you love love for God motivates us towards the issue of risk love for each other there's a selfless element in that. For he longed, verse 26, he longed after you all. It was full of heaviness because he'd heard, because you'd heard that he'd been sick. Selflessness in that situation. You know, when we engage in adventure, we do have to take our eye off of ourselves. Risk is about not focusing on us but focusing on him and what he wants. Even things that you've heard that different ones have shared today, there's that element of taking our eye off ourself, that selfless element. For indeed he was sick nigh unto death. I guess he's somebody who was preferring to wear out rather than rust out. He wasn't into self-preservation You know, if I try to look after myself, I can't do as good a job as God can do. I've given my life to him. You've given your life to him. He's more able to look after you and to provide for you and direct you than you ever are for yourself. When we start to kind of take things back, I'll see my needs here. I'll look after myself here. We're basically saying at this point in time, I don't trust you. I think I can do a better job to look after me than you can. Not a safe place to be. I sent him therefore more carefully that when you see him again, you may rejoice and that I may be less sorrowful. Receive him therefore in the Lord with all gladness and hold such in reputation. Because of the work of Christ, he was nigh unto death, not regarding his life to supply your lack of service to me. I want to just explain that because we often talk about Epaphroditus, who risked his life, is a phrase that we use, on the roll of a dice and lost. He was sick, limited in what he could achieve in the purpose that he was sent for. In fact, they were so anxious that the best thing to do was to, to send him back. I've heard the phrase, I remember Mark McGrath using the phrase years ago, and I thought, well, let's let us, let us just refresh and look up and see what that's about. And not regarding his life is interesting because it's... It's a Greek phrase that's translated into that, but it's actually a gambling term that the Apostle coined on that occasion. See, the Greek gambler, before he rolled the dice, would invoke Epaphrodite, or Venus of the Roman world, goddess of gamblers, with the phrase Epaphroditus, meaning... Favourite of Epaphrodite. And Paul was making a kind of pun on Epaphrodite's name. As he's demonstrating, here's somebody who was prepared to, to risk, even to the very point of his life, for the sake of something which he could see, the value, the love of the message, not regarding his life, the selflessness, the relationship that he had, These are the things which are the bedrock towards us moving in the place of adventure, being prepared to risk things. Deciding that the good news, the truth, the light that we carry is worth the risk. It's always fascinating when you read these stories of somebody that... It wasn't apparently a great success, but here we are, a couple of thousand years later, talking about somebody who was prepared to step out. And it wasn't just in what was done, it was his obedience and his value and his love and his care and his love for the message and the word that he had. So what is risk? I always remember that... uh, some of you remember when uh, John Wimber came to this country with a team and some of the tremendous things that we saw in the supernatural. I always remember him saying, do you know how to spell faith? And we all said yes. And he said, you spell it R-I-S-K? And it was very interesting because he, he was obviously seeing an awful lot of significant things happen but he explained, every time you, you step out, there's a kind of risk factor involved. There's a kind of adventure. You know, it's kind of, it's about living life on the fast lane, or as the Bible puts it, I've come that you should have life and you should have it more abundantly. That you should enjoy. That you should have fun. That you should live on the edge. Instead of becoming boring and predictable and have fun. give somebody a little nudge and say, "Have fun." With God. No total guarantee, no formula. Stepping out on that nudge, simply on the basis, like we've heard today, it could be what God wants. Not talking about flipping a coin. We're not talking about a game of chance. It's a sense of saying, hmm, I'm not sure, but this could be what God wants. And sometimes, as you step out, the thing becomes more certain. And sometimes when you step out, the queries become greater. There's no formula. But there's something that as we're operating in God becomes kind of compelling. I remember stepping out to go and find two people The only problem was they were somewhere in London. Seven or eight million people. We didn't know where. And it was strange because sensible people right then were convincing us of the stupidity of what we were doing. But they just didn't manage to convince us. And we went. We drove into London kind of reminded me of this when Fernando was talking went to one place thought this must be the place to go to no then went to another place the other place we went to was Piccadilly Circus Piccadilly Circus people taming you couldn't even spot somebody there and there as we stopped the very two people that God had sent us came walking towards us that's kind of an adventure. You know, I can still talk about it now and think, oh, yeah, that was fun. It's not something that happens every day. and It's not something we could be sure on. Remember the uh, story of uh, Jonathan and his uh, armour bearer who never did get a name in 1 Samuel 14, verse 6. The encouragement... That Jonathan gave him was, "Hey, let's go up after the Philistines, and perhaps God will help us." Has not a very strong guarantee. Maybe God will help us. And of course, they had this fantastic victory. But he was going out, the armor bearer, no name, just some servant. He was going out on the basis that perhaps God would help, and God would engage. Remember the story of Daniel's three friends, Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. When they wouldn't bow down to the image and they were to be cast into the fire, they said this in Daniel chapter 3, verses 17 and 18. They said, you know, God could save us. But even if he doesn't, we're still not going to bow down to you or your image. We're still going to stick with the thing that we believe. So I suppose the question is about standing with our decision, our risk if it does fall apart on the basis that you know what I thought this could be God I thought it could be God well, I was wrong but I'll do it all again if I think and feel there's a possibility it could be God. I'm describing to you something of the risk in the adventure that we're talking about. The willingness, not necessarily being sure, no formula, no written guarantee, but the willingness to step out simply on the basis, I thought it could be God. Not tossing a coin, not just doing what kind of, we but I thought it could be God following that up. And I was wrong, but I'd do it all again. So how do we do it? How how do we do risk? Well, it's a choice. We don't accidentally wander into it. We make a choice that we're going to do this. We're going to speak to this person. We're going to serve this person. We're going to take this action. We're going to change this particular mindset or position. We see that Moses made a choice he chose to suffer affliction with the children of God instead of living in the palace to become as a slave or servant he made that choice risky choice the choice that God had intended so that later he would lead those people gave up the palace in order to identify with his people focusing on what there is to gain rather than fearfully focusing on what we could lose. Kind of considering the potential of the loss worth the risk for the potential of the win. Last week we were looking at Esther. One of the things that she said in responding to the encouragement to speak to the king was a phrase which uh, kind of goes down through the ages. And if I perish, I perish. Actual perishing is not kind of often the first step. If I lose my job, I lose my job. If I lose this friendship, I lose the friendship. If I lose face, I lose face. If the plan flops, the plan flops. But I believe it could be God, and therefore I'm going to pursue it. Equally, the attitude that Moses had in Exodus 33:15, when he says, Lord, if your presence goes not with me, carry us not forth. I'd rather stay in this awful place than go anywhere unless your presence that it's in your will, it's in your purpose, to go anywhere else. So, let's look at some of the obstacles to risk. Remember the story of the the parable of the talents. You know where the the story is that the the master gave out these talents, and uh, some used them wisely, but there was one who just buried to what he'd got and his basis for doing that remember was fear I remembered what a harsh and difficult boss you were that wasn't actually true he had completely the wrong concept he was wrongly placed in his understanding see the wrong view of God will actually adversely affect us taking risk that god is on our side that god wants us to have adventure that god will prompt us that god will give us a nudge here and a nudge there That it's in the plan of god that we have fun it's in the plan of god that we actually reach out and and adventure and and, and test and go beyond and that we risk that's in god's plan because he wants to see us fall flat on our face uh, can't, doesn't kind of tally with a God that gave his one and only son for me. It's because he wants us to experience all that he's got for us. Life in its abundance, not just kind of existing, not just surviving. Generous, merciful, blessed God. Another obstacle is the wrong view of ourselves. Remember the children of Israel? They said, oh man, we just looked like grasshoppers grasshoppers in the sight of the enemy always amazes me the enemy hadn't said that it was them that had saying it they got the wrong view of themselves in that situation what does he say what is God saying not what we're just kind of digging up within ourselves What about the wrong view of the backup of the resources? Remember the story of the feeding of the 5,000? And uh, Jesus turns to the disciples and said, we need to feed these people. Oh, we've got no resource. I don't know where the shops are. We haven't got the money. There's too many people. We haven't got the resources. Rather than, Lord, what are you saying? Yes, Lord, you'll provide the way. Wrong view of resources. And then there's those voices of objection to adventure and risk. I'd be surprised if you haven't heard one. I'd be surprised if you don't hear one. But let's just kind of think about them and, and kind of categorise them. They're voices of objection. I don't feel like I'm on an adventure, I'm Adventures are for others. Kind of new Christians, people on the front line. People without the commitment and responsibilities that I have. I like the idea, but I see it with anxiety and fear and despair before I kind of see the sense of adventure. I'm too busy to consider anything else. Now, I'm raising these so that we understand that the enemy does have tactics and will use things kind of dropped into our head, obstacles to taking a risk, obstacles to adventure. Let's put them out of our way. The current challenges I have right now are enough of adventure, thank you very much. Uh, mm, I used to be more adventurous. Mm. Yeah, This is not an age-related thing. This is not a stage-related thing. This is a heart-related thing. I find my adventure outside the cloud. Not doing things other than my particular calling. Doing things I've been called to. Not so much building the kingdom. I find it in adventurous pursuits or risking money or but actually there's something there that god wants to bring into his purpose something that you already have it's in your nature but we're given over to him and we have the opportunity to bring everything to him so we're going to face up to any objections that come because you want to move into this time of spirit of adventure. We want to take the risk. Yes? yes. All three of us want to take the risk. <laughs> yes. Yeah? You want to take the risk? Yes. Do you think God would take us at our word? Yes. Yeah? We're gonna face up to the objections? I've just listed a few so that you understand the kind of things the enemy fires at us. Remember when we go back to the story of Caleb, he said, give me this hill country, give me this mountain, give me this difficult place. So here's the question. What would that hill country be for you? Actually, let's make that the question for today. The statement is, yep, I'm ready to take the risk. The question is what's your hill country? What is that area that hmm, would seem a bit foreboding? The giants are very big. What would be that place? You know, the Macedonians commended therein. Uh, 2 Corinthians by Paul. Their risk was to give even when they didn't have. And it's, it was commended. But it was commended because they did it God's way. They gave themselves first to God then to the brethren. There was a, a love that motivated not just a kind of thrill-seeking. There was a catching of God's heart, the catching of God's nudge, the purpose that God gives willingness to pursue that right Peter that we talk about you know still the only recorded person who actually walked on water that was a risk that was an interesting experience, yeah he needed Jesus to help him, I'm always glad that Jesus is there to help us walking on water. About David and Goliath, you know. He could see the size of the giant, but he could also see that there was something of the testimony of the living God that needed to be focused on. So we're into some adventure. Talked to you about property. Yesterday we had shout. Let me just take you back a little bit. The young people, how many of you remember here comes the boom? Yeah. That was a, a very significant build-up. And then there was the risk. Do you remember that day away? The Holy Spirit day? What if the Holy Spirit didn't come upon you? Yeah, there was risk. But it's moving in the nudge and purpose of God. Readiness to to deal with what needs to be dealt with. Sometimes it's the nudge is to confront or correct someone. All advance carries risk. Anything new carries risk. You know, we're all going off to mid-Wales next year. Some of you don't know what it's like. I know what it's like. I'm taking a risk that you'll all like it. In fact, we'll cover that risk by simply telling you it's mandatory. You must like it. (laughs) All right, we have to finish. The children are waiting to come in. Let's just ask God very quickly. Join with me. Lord, we are kind of poised to leap into this spirit of adventure a bit further. We're taking risk. We're kind of, Lord, you've got us, as it were, on the edge of our seats, kind of sensing something before us. And Lord, we're saying, yeah, okay, we're up for risk. Lord, will you show us what our hill country is so that we might get focused on what you have purposed for us at this time, that we may continue in this for the glory of your name.